All right, let's dive straight in. We've only got under an hour left. What could Jesus do with us in this time? We're going to be reading, uh, we've been learning about uh, Jesus in the storm and the fact that he wants to help us lead with peace. He gives us peace, he gives us peace to give out to others. We heard from Pete that he wants us to know his incredible love in the cross. And we go and lead with that kind of love. And tonight is about leading with hope. So we're turning to the Gospel of John uh, and it's chapter chapter 10. And I'm just going to read us through it. It should be on the screen. Uh, but just track with this. I want you to imagine the scene. We've just heard uh, the song, The Lights Went Out. The Lights Went Out. The Saviour of the World. What had happened? And this is in that moment that we've got an account of what happened. So John chapter 20, verse 10. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one at the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Wow. There was that moment in the song. There was a moment when the lights went out in that dark, cold tomb. The stone was rolled away. This conference has all been about your light bulb moments. A moment where it all clicks in and you discover something new. You see things differently. We've been hearing them in the room today. Maybe it's about yourself. Maybe it's about an understanding of leadership. Maybe it's about Jesus. But the way that you can lead, as we've said, with peace and with love and now hope. Tonight, I get to share that message with you. But in order to really understand the power of hope, in order to spend uh, real time understanding what it means to carry hope with us, we have to first go to the hopeless place. In order to understand the power of the light bulb, we need to spend a few moments and remember what it's like to be floundering in the dark almost dark. I like the fact you still went, ooh, just to make me feel better. For the guys watching on the online stuff at home, I'm sorry, you probably can't see me. So maybe just you can go a little bit, little bit up, but just for me. How does it feel? If we were to end the conference, just a smidge, that's it. That's it. 
if we were to end the conference just in, in dark? Oh. Well, it's a bit awkward. Can we, can we move it along now? Thanks. I can't really, you know, talk about getting home and I can't celebrate and go, woohoo! Let's just linger here a second more. Just linger here a second more. Because it's when we face the darkness, we become aware of how powerful the light is. So let's just linger here a little bit more. Maybe you've had a moment like this. Maybe for you, there's been moments in lockdown where it feels like those lights have just gone out and the fun and the laughter and the joy have just left the room. The air has been sucked out of that space. Real gut-wrenching disappointment has hit you. Real moments of huge questioning has, ha- has, hit, has hit you. And it's like all your confidence and your strength, uh, you're left floundering. This is the moment that we find ourselves in in the gospel. This is the moment when the lights went out. This is where Mary sits right now. This is what Jesus wants to speak to us about tonight. Can you relate? Maybe you're like, well, it's a bit deep. You know, maybe on a bad day, I could sort of say, oh yeah, it's been a bit tough. Maybe maybe you're sitting here thinking, you know, we've had all these different words and people are kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm all right. I'm okay. Well, let's just open up for a second what exactly it was for Mary to sit in the lights out moment. You see, the text tells us first up that everybody had left In a lights out moment, there are certain things that are whispered to us that are not true, they are not peace, they are not love and they are not hope. Whispers from the enemy, if you like, whispers from our own insecurities and our questions. And in that moment, Mary, she was alone. The verse says, in verse 10, it says, the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood on her own by the tomb of her Lord and Saviour crying. Mary was isolated and alone in her grief. And I think she was lonely. And they're two different things, right? You can be surrounded by people, yet still desperately lonely. We are the most connected we've ever been in our world at the moment. You guys know it. You're digital natives. You've got the phone in your back pocket. You can go anywhere at any time just with a few buttons. You can connect with your friend on the other side of the world if you want to. We're the most connected, most informed. Yet we need to have a minister for loneliness in government because we're in crisis. It's not helping us. We're the most connected and the most informed, yet we are struggling with mental health like we have never known it before. We're the most connected and the most involved and the most busy, but we're crying out for more. The most lost we felt, the most confused. Mary was alone. Mary in her lights out moment, she was alone. And as Christians, you might kind of think, actually, as a Christian, I feel alone at school. There's not many other Christians that I feel have got my back. Feeling alone, feeling isolated. Mary sat where you sat tonight. Perhaps you feel alone in your friendship group like no one gets you or even alone in your family. In the lights out moment, that truth can feel very, very real. Mary sat where you are tonight. Another whisper from the lights out moment. 
God's powerless. God's got no power in this moment. Right there where Mary is sat in the empty tomb, we see it being whispered to her in verse 13. She says, they've, they asked her, woman, why are you crying? And she says, they've taken my Lord away and I don't know where they've put him. I read this. She's talking about the one who transformed her life. This is the Mary that followed Jesus. He pulled her out of the darkness. He changed her life. She then witnessed him going to open the eyes of the blind man, to heal the lame, to change others' lives. This was a powerful God that she knew and she's referring to him like an object, like he's limp, like he's irrelevant. And who can blame her for what she's just seen? That's the moment of the empty tomb. The moments of the light, that the lights went out told the world the lie that God is powerless. Go and find my Lord and, and I'll go and get him. Mary would never have dreamed of talking about the God of the universe like that. Yet here she finds herself. God feeling powerless. God feeling irrelevant limp and removed and that's where Mary had to sit that's why she was crying tonight it might well be that you have had moments where you've cried out for God to move in your life and you've been disappointed and you're left going hang on a second everyone's talking about these light bulb moments everyone's talking about a big vision but God let me down on this little thing I saw stuff I never thought I'd see. I don't feel like you answered my prayers, God. And if I'm honest, I resonate a bit with Mary. You feel a bit irrelevant. You feel a bit separate. You feel a bit like this object that's over there. Do you really care? Are you really involved like Tom said you were at the beginning? Tonight, if you're sitting here with disappointment, there's a story here of someone who knows disappointment because it smacked her around the face. Be comforted to know Mary sat where you sat since it tonight. During lockdown, my, my dad's health deteriorated. And he was, he, was, he was not doing too well. There were a few tests uh, in, the, in the diary and we needed to sort of see what was going on. But it has honestly felt like test after test, slap in the face after slap in the face. And we're still not through it yet. And we've prayed and I've prayed and I've honestly not felt like I've seen the answers I want to see. In that disappointed place, I've had to go, Jesus, what's going on? There will be times in our life when we face disappointment, just like Mary. We go to the Gospels, we see eyewitness accounts of people who've walked in these paths. And we see what happens in this empty tomb, despite it feeling so cold and so alone. I'm comforted by the fact that Mary sat where I have sat a bit over the last few years, where I still sometimes sit and ask those questions of, God, I'm confused. God, I feel like I'm alone. God, I feel like you're powerless. And I don't understand. You see, that question of I don't understand brings me to the third thing that often gets whispered or like we're left in this kind of whirlwind of confusion when the lights go out. We're puzzled. And how was Mary puzzled? Well, it's there. If you look in verse 14, she says, 
Oh yeah, she doesn't even recognise Jesus when he's standing right in front of her. And again, we can think, what? That's crazy. But man, this woman has been through some serious moments in the last few hours. So again, no judgment. Uh, Verse 14, at this she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. She's in confusion. Can she see through her tears? And sometimes our lives get filled with so much of the questions or the disappointment or even, you know what, just the busyness. Because where Mary sat, it was a quiet, empty tomb. And it was her grief, her disappointment that blinded her. But for us, our tomb is often not so quiet. Not only do we sit sometimes with questions and disappointment, but we have the constant whirring of, con- of that connection that I talked about, the constant pull of FOMO, of not wanting to miss out when our, when our phones buzz, of being up to date with this chat, with that chat, with that chat, with that chat, with that information, that headline that's coming in, making sure you're on point with school, making sure you're on point with your friends, making sure your parents are, is all doing okay at home. What am I going to do? Where am I going to be? How do I need to perform? I'm hearing from some of you that the level of pressure on you um, in in your classrooms at the moment is huge because of the kind of pressure on schools at the moment to see achievement. Our world gets very loud and very busy and we can just get so confused that we can't even see Jesus walking into the room and standing in front of us and speaking our name. Mary, John, Jake, Noah, Josh, Ruth, Beth, Jesus in the middle of the confusion, Jesus in the middle of the empty tomb, Jesus in the middle of the loneliness and the aloneness, Jesus in the middle of the disappointment that was savage and wrecked through Mary's heart, Jesus in front of her, speaking her name and a better story begins. A better story is brought to life as Mary's eyes are open and the lights go on. Do you know what? You can give us a little bit more light, Isaac, just for that, because, you know, it's a bit of good for the effect. Brilliant. There we are. Okay, so, yeah, we can whoop. We can get excited because that's very good. Thank you. You're actually going to need that in a minute. That's very good. Your head's like you're prophetic with your torch. It's brilliant. Um, (laughs) So we've got this moment, and Mary is spoken to by her Lord and Saviour, But hang on a sec, he's dead, he's irrelevant, she's alone, he's limp, there's nothing that she can do. No, 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 the God that was raised, uh, that raised Jesus from the dead, breathed life into his body and he is standing in front of her, saying her name. That better story deals with these whispers and says no more. To the isolation, Jesus, up close and personal, Up close and personal, where there was that isolation, where Mary was alone. She's not alone anymore. The tomb suddenly filled with this resurrected Jesus standing before her so close she can touch him. Tom said, God's close. If you're in a storm, no, God's close. If you're in a lights out moment, don't be deceived. God's close. What about the powerless God? What about this story of, oh, let me have my body of my Lord and I will go and get him and I will, I don't know what she was about to do. I don't understand, but hang on a sec. That script has changed. There's a new story that's begun because she has in front of her the wounds of death that have been conquered. 
the song sung of victory, the song sung of an empty tomb. There are eyewitness accounts to Jesus appearing. People who saw Jesus die then saw Jesus raised again. And if you're there thinking, well, hang on a second, how can you prove this to me? I'm not quite sure. Go and find an alpha course at your church. And on one of the days, they look at the facts around Jesus's death, the historical evidence that is there, that he died, that he rose again and appeared with historical evidence of eyewitness accounts. The living Jesus, not powerless, not limp, not irrelevant, but the God who conquered death. The God who rolled the stone away. That is the new story. That is the better story. That's the flipping light bulb moment that we're taking out tonight. This Jesus, he is relevant. He is powerful and alive for you and I today, tonight. So you know what? I take that situation situation back with my dad. I take, I take that situation and I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know what we're facing. He's watching tonight. But I believe in the risen Jesus to lead me through. And I know that he does too. And I know that our family does too. And I believe that he heals. So I'm going to keep on praying. And even if I don't see what I want to see, I'm going to continue to trust that he is good because he rolled the stone away. So I take that back into my confusion, into my doubt, and I ask God the questions and I'm still real with him, but I remember that there's a better story. There is a better story and I will not believe the lie that God is powerless in this situation. Hope entered the room and it's here to stay. And it's here for me and the story of my dad. It's here for you tonight with whatever you're walking back in. I think Josh prayed about people uh, not sure what you're walking back in. We've had another word from someone saying that there are some people just really like, oh, I'm not looking forward to, to Monday morning or whatever it is you're stepping back into. Hope is here to stay. And what about the confusion? Well, the confusion is blown away because Mary suddenly, clear as day, grabs onto Jesus and says, Rabboni, which means teacher. She knows who he is. She knows the kind of rule and, and reign that he has in her life. She sees so clearly. And you know what? What's incredible? We can hear him saying our name tonight. And he has placed every thought in your head and every, every hair on your head. He is not a distant God. He is not lifeless and inactive. He is hope and he is in the room and he is personal. He knows you. If you feel confused by the pace of everything at the moment, if you feel like you have questions, know that there is a God who loves you with your questions and isn't afraid to answer them. Ask questions of Jesus But if it's there and you're looking out at life and you're thinking, I've got loads and loads of choices to make, but none of them really cut it. It's because the choice to choose hope, to choose this better story of Jesus, that's the only one. That's the one that really cuts it. Hope is in the room. It is finished. The sin, the darkness, the empty tomb, all of those lies, all of those things that weigh us down, it is finished. He has done it. The stone was rolled away, the story changed, and the story is better. And it doesn't end there. This isn't just for Mary. This isn't Mary's moment. Because what happens after that is like a little bit of a, yeah, guys, you haven't seen anything yet. A little note 
between Jesus and Mary that's left for us today. Jesus says this weird thing at the end of the passage. He says, don't cling to me, which is probably a reference to the fact that it wasn't going to stay like this, that Jesus was going to ascend into heaven and that he was going to send the Holy Spirit who was going to bring things much closer, more powerful than Mary or the rest of the disciples or the entire church could ever imagine or get their heads round. You haven't seen anything yet. Don't cling to me, Mary. You haven't seen anything yet. Instead, he says for her, he gives her an assignment. Because this just wasn't just a moment in history. This was God's rescue for the world. This was about God's kingdom here on earth. And get this, the first person, the first person to lead with resurrection hope, the first person to go and send this light bulb moment that the lights are on, there's a better story, was a woman. Oh yeah. It was a woman in a time when, yeah, love it. It was a woman in a time when women would not have been counted as citizens. They would not have been listened to. They would not have been respected. They would not have been considered leaders ever. And that's how radical Jesus was. Not only did he call Mary to himself, but when he died and rose again, he told her, go tell the guys. Got a little message for them. Go and tell the others what you have seen. It was her testimony that meant that suddenly out of the darkness, light came. Her testimony that birthed, then the effects after the effects and the, and the rolling stone that happened of the church, which is why we're here today. Wow. Ever think that you can't uh, live out God's new story for your life, that you don't cut it? We had one of those words before, didn't we? And by the way, that word was responded to mostly by women, ladies in the house. If we're believing this lie that we are not good enough, look at Mary. Look at who God chose to bring the light out of the darkness, to bring the message to the rest of the guys that were waiting. Jesus. Hope is in the room, a new story has begun and he chose this person to go and walk it out, to begin a transformation of the rest of the world, to begin this new story and the start of God's kingdom coming here on earth. And we still know her story today. Generation after generation after generation, we get to step back in time and understand this moment where the lights went out and where the lights came on, when hope entered the room. Tonight, as we finish, we have an invitation to choose hope. It might be that you are sitting and you resonate with, with Mary in, in disappointment, in feeling sometimes lonely, in not too sure of yourself. That's okay. You've heard her story. You've heard mine. You've heard thousands of other stories in your time here. But we get to choose hope, which means we say, no, I am not alone because the Bible tells me I am not forsaken. I'm never left. Jesus says in his words, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'm sending my Holy Spirit. That's the truth I'm going to walk out with. We choose hope because even in disappointment, the stone was rolled away. Even in uncertainty, there is a hope of a kingdom, God's way of doing things coming here on earth. There is a healer. There is one who can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. And I will not stop asking. 
I will not let my circumstances shape my theology. Only Jesus, only God's words crafts my theology. I'm choosing hope. In the confusion in the whirlwind, I'm going to choose hope. I'm going to lead with hope when I go back into my friendships, into my classroom, into my family. Because no matter what I face, it's not too big to put that light out. I'm going to lead with hope. And we're going to have a time for you guys to respond. Because Mary had a choice in that, in that moment to go, to lead with hope. And I'm going to ask again for the lights to go out in a minute. And you've all been given a torch. So just now, could we just have the Russell moment of you to get your torch? Do not turn it on. If you've got one on, turn it off. Grab your torch and then grab a seat. If there's a way of getting any of the other lights off as well, that would just be cool, wouldn't it? Like, can we, Josh, could, yeah, great, just go and, you know. Sorry if you're watching online, we're just going to go a bit pitch black for a second. Okay, grab your torch, then grab your seat back. That's it, come on guys, let's keep going. Jesus hasn't finished yet. I personally want to pay attention to that. Okay. It's part of our response. And you know by now, we're not into smoke machines or manipulating anything or hyping anything up. But we thought, we were praying about what can we give you to take out of this room as a reminder of your light, your light bulb moments that you've had, of the fact that there's a better story that when that light bulb moment happens, there's a better story that you're carrying out and that you're carrying hope. You're carrying peace. You're carrying love. You're carrying light. The Bible says you are the light of the world. So we've given you a torch and we want you to remember this time, these light bulb moments. But we want you to remember the power of the light when it gets dark. So can we get the lights off for a second? It's great. Thank you. That's all right. It's dark enough. There will be times in the future where it feels darker than this. But even there in that space, we're called to lead with hope. And what I've just said, if we can turn the light off for a minute. Thank you. What I've just said to you is that the power of the light, the power of hope is an incredible thing. We get to know it for ourselves with stories that we're carrying and there is a world that desperately needs us to lead with hope. We have an invitation tonight and I'm going to just wait in the silence. I would like you to talk to Jesus, you to talk to him and when you're ready and you want to choose to lead with hope and carry hope out of this building, I would like you to very quietly on your own stand and just click on your torch. And we're just going to wait in the silence. We're going to use this space and the power of light to remind us that no matter how dark it gets, the light within us, the hope within us, the light bulb moments that God has shown us on this day are brighter.
So just take a moment. Holy Spirit, you are real. The same, the same Holy Spirit, guys, that rose Jesus from the dead is in this room. Is in this room. And is in you, the same Holy Spirit. Talk to him. Ask him for help. And if you want to, as Pete said, totally fine if you don't. But if you want to choose today to stand to lead with hope in your own time, and I'd like us to keep the silence, please. I'd like you to stand and switch on your torch as your beacon of hope and your choice to carry it out of this room. So come, Holy Spirit. in the silence just look around you remember this let this memory sink in if you ever feel alone look at the light in the room if you ever feel confused look at the clarity that comes when the lights are switched on If you ever have disappointment in the darkness, know that this light shines brighter.